Well, I'm, I'm making changes on you this morning. Um, you know, in, in light of you know, what took place down in Charleston, it's just, it's just weighed heavily on me. And uh, so I'm switching the text on you, and we're going to switch the last hymn, by the way, in case I forget to tell you that. It's going to be, It Is Well With My Soul, and pay, um, hymn 705. I think I'll remember to remind you. But the text is going to be from Mark chapter 4, verses 14 to 20. If you have the Bibles and chairs, you'll, you'll find that on page 709. The, um, the reason for choosing this text, you recall that the killings took place at a Bible study. This is the text of that Bible study. So again, Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 14. Jesus has given the parable of the four soils, and, and Jesus is now explaining that parable. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Well, there is a church. Actually, they've probably completed their worship service. They were worshiping this morning. Their service meets at at 9.30 in Charleston, South Carolina, and they were missing their senior pastor, Clementa Pinckney, their two associate pastors, Sharonda Singleton and Daniel Simmons, and then the members, Cynthia Hurd and Susie Jackson, Ethel Lanch, DePayne Middleton Doctor, the ones of Sanders and Myram Thompson. And these nine followers of Christ, they were concluding a Bible study of this text when they were gunned down by a latecomer who had joined them for the study. He had traveled from Columbia, South Carolina, a two-hour drive, to carry out this, this, what was a carefully planned action. I mean, he had researched this. He had chosen that particular church in that particular city, and he believed that his evil action in such a significant African-American church in a southern city would ignite a racial war. That was his idea. There's growing tension in our country over controversial deaths, over Af- of African-American men by police officers, and he thought, you know, such a ghastly deed would be just, would just set off black violence. I mean, I mean, after all, in North Charleston, 
Just a few months earlier, there was the incident of an officer shooting an unarmed black man in the back, which is back in April. So surely, violence would ignite further violence. Surely, monstrous hate that he was going to show would be met with reciprocating hate. I mean, what else could happen? The evil that this young white man believed existed in the hearts of black people, that evil would be poured out when he unleashed his murderous assault. Well, he was successful in carrying out his plan, but only with great effort. He almost failed. He almost couldn't go through with it. Not because of the church's security system. It wasn't because, you know, he seemed suspicious and church ministers and the members, they were put on alert. It was their love that undid him. If he had just walked in and immediately begun shooting, it would have been easy for him. But the Bible study group warmly welcomed him, even though he was a stranger, clearly out of place. So he sat down and he joined the study for an hour. He was treated so nicely that, as he said, he almost changed his mind. And so it was only as the study was wrapping up that he could collect himself and carry out his evil plan. And so he did it. He completed his violent mission. And now he was going to see the widespread violence that he desired. But something went wrong. Dreadfully wrong for him. There was no violence. No riots. No hatred spilling over. No racial war. The Charleston mayor, Joseph Riley, observed, he said, you know, this hateful person came into this community with some crazy idea that he would be able to divide, and all he did was make us more united and love each other even more. Now, how did that happen? Dylan Storm Roof may have been crazy, but his idea was logical. Again, I mean, tensions in our nation have been growing, not diminishing. You know, the idea of a full-blown war, I mean, that's overblown, but surely it's expected some kind of a violence would occur. Well, it's the scripture text of the Bible study of this that this young killer sat in on that gives us the answer. Now, again, as I said, the group was studying this text, Mark 4, 14 to 20. It's the parable of sowing seed on the forest soils. And in their text, Jesus is explaining that the seed represents the word of God, the word of the kingdom, and it goes out. Okay, and in their text, uh, Jesus is explaining about why sometimes that seed doesn't seem to to flourish or, or come to fruition. Some of it falls on hard soil, some on rocky soil, some are other falls on soil that's choked with thorns, and so when hard times come, it just kind of falls away. And the word does not flourish, it comes to nothing. But there is other seed that falls on good, rich soil. 
And that's where the word of God takes strong root and, and grows into flourishing plants and indeed yields fruit well beyond what is ordinary. That's what is meant by that 30-fold and 60-fold and, and 100-fold. And so the point of the story is, is that, look, just as seed needs the right soil in which to flourish, so the word of God flourishes only in the heart that has good soil. We can hear the word, but we cannot benefit from it if our hearts remain hardened or filled with fears and, and lust and hatred. And Ellen Roof had made the mistake of walking into a church of good soil that was filled with followers of Jesus Christ who had heard the gospel word, had accepted it, were bearing fruit of the gospel. And Keller thought, again, that he had chosen the right church. He thought he understood why it had become the significant church that it is. But if he had bothered, and I imagine he did, to go to the church's website, look right there on the home page, well, then either he did not see that quote that's right there on that page, he certainly didn't understand the quote of Sister Jean German Ortiz on that page. Jesus died a passionate death for us. So our love for him should be as passionate. Mother Emmanuel AME Church is not a lukewarm church, is it? Her people believe, I mean, they believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, that he died out of passionate love for them, and so that they then must love him passionately. And they knew that loving him means loving everyone. Everyone. I mean, they knew his words. They had to know his words. From Matthew 5, 43 and 4 to 45. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. They know that these words depict Jesus' mission, his crazy idea. That through his death he would give life. Through his sacrifice, he would provide forgiveness. Through his brokenness, he would bring healing. Through his work of salvation, he would unite those who were divided from one another. And so as we grieve, and as we stagger from the horror of what seems to be senseless tragedy, I want us to listen and to learn from our brothers and sisters of Mother Emmanuel. I want us to hear their words spoken to the killer of their loved ones at that court hearing. The New York Times, when it was reporting on these words, noted this. It was as if the Bible study had never ended. As one after another, Victor's family members offered lessons in forgiveness. Testaments to a faith that is not compromised by violence or grief. They urge him to repent, confess his sins, and turn to God. So from Nadine Collier, daughter of Ethel Lance, 
I just want everybody to know I forgive you. You took something very precious away from me. And I will never talk to her ever again. I will never be able to hold her again. But I forgive you. And have mercy on your soul. You hurt me. You hurt a lot of people. But God forgive you. And I forgive you. From Anthony Thompson, the husband of Myra Thompson, I forgive you. My family forgives you. But we would like you to take this opportunity to repent. Repent. Confess. Give your life to the one who matters the most, Christ, so that he can change it. Can change your ways, no matter what happens to you. And you'll be okay. Do that. You will be better off than you are right now. From Felicia Sanders, mother of Tawanza Sanders, we welcomed you Wednesday night in our Bible study with open arms. You have killed some of the most beautifulest people that I know. Every fiber in my body hurts, and I'll never be the same. Tawanza Sanders is my son, but Tawanza was my hero. But as we said in Bible study, we enjoyed you. But may God have mercy on you. Wanda Simmons, granddaughter of Daniel Simmons. Although my grandfather and the other victims died at the hands of hate, this is proof. Everyone's plea for your soul is proof. They lived in love. And their legacies will live in love. So hate won't win. And I just want to thank the court for making sure that hate doesn't win. And then Bethane Middleton-Brown, sister of DePayne Middleton, doctor. That was my sister. And I'd like to thank you on behalf of my family for not allowing hate to win. For me, I'm a work in progress, and I acknowledge that I'm very angry. But one thing that DePayne always enjoyed, enjoined in our family. She taught me that we are the family that love builds. We have no room for hating. So we have to forgive. I pray to God for your soul. In the um, uh, public news broadcast, the the news hour, they interviewed a, a trustee of the church. And the anchor asked that trustee his reaction to these members' comments. He said, yesterday, one of the the most moving things, I think, for anyone watching in the country was listening to the audio of family members looking at the person or the suspect who could have taken taken the lives of their family members and forgiving them. I mean, just the power of witnessing, hearing someone forgive. What went through your mind? These are, these are fellow parishioners and members of your community. And this is uh, William Dudley Gregory's response. I was not shocked at all. Because Mother Emanuel AME Church is a forgiving body. We know early on that if you fight hate with hate, then you also have failed. You have to fight hate with love. 
You have to fight hate with forgiveness. One of the mantras of our church is about hope. We clearly feel that living without hope is like living in continuous darkness. But hope will peer through the darkness, see the light, and wait until morning. This is morning for Emmanuel AME Church. The sacrifice of nine members of our church will not go in vain. And no, indeed, the sacrifice of of those nine members are bearing fruit, aren't they? Thirtyfold and and sixtyfold and a hundredfold for their Savior. Their, Their grace to the Keller who sat down with them and then the grace of their, of their families and their church have foiled the great evil that was intended for our country. Their forgiveness has shamed the wrath that we, we would have wanted to unleash. Their grace is but the reflection of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and is empowered by his Holy Spirit. That grace has furthered that crazy mission of their Lord to bring healing and peace. And so here once more the words of Anthony Thompson that he said to his wife's killer and would want every sinner, which is all of us, to him. Repent. Confess. Give your life to the one who matters the most, Christ. So that he can change it, can change your ways, no matter what happens to you, and you'll be okay. We give you thanks, our Father. You of all who, who have the right to, to, to be angry, to, to pour out wrath on us. We had rebelled against you. We, we were sinners. We, we were your enemies. That's how you saw us. And you gave your son, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice for us. May we understand that. May we believe it. I pray for any here who, who doesn't understand that yet. Just thinks he's kind of a good example and doesn't Understand the sacrifice made to bring forgiveness for our sins. May we all meditate on that and and think of that, that our hearts may have the good rich soil as the hearts of our brothers and sisters in, in that church in Charleston. And that we know how to to forgive and to love and to to show the hope that is in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together hymn 705, It Is Well With My Soul. Yeah.
Now grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 